Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. What we just watched shouldn't exist in the world. Just like that. Honestly, I enjoyed it. <laughs> groundbreaking challenge. Kind of man intrigued and uh, back to Ashtray again. It's a great opportunity to catch up with the old ragtag bunch. Welcome to the last episode of And Just Like That, the final supper. The last supper, you part fucking two. idiot. The final supper? Whatever. It's the final episode. <laughs> What's that in reference to? The last to? supper. Um... We've got a guest. We've Hi. got such a special guest. The special guest <laughs> rocks. Yeah. Uh, you know the special guest. Uh, mostly, I imagine, from appearances on our podcast. <laughs> she has gone on to work on some of her own stuff, but it hasn't quite taken off in the same way. Please welcome back Alice Snedden. Wow. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for, um, for joining us. Yeah. My pleasure. Uh, I have been... <laughs> Thoroughly enjoying, and just like that, season two. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And well, I'll say it. I've been thoroughly enjoying Alice's company. Oh, can We've I ask, can I ask you guys a, a question just as we get you, going? You can swear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you obviously, say all of I've those. just yeah. watched the episode with you, <laughs> yes. and I've witnessed how neither of you enjoy the show. But yes. is the conceit of the podcast? That you love it. Uh, I'm glad you've observed that because I have unironically, genuinely enjoyed uh, almost the entirety of the second season. <laughs> yeah, someone's definitely here. There's a post van outside. Oh, There's sweet, a delivery. Yes. If any, you know, I hope anyone, something cool. Are these mics so directional that it won't pick it up? It'll, no, that dog's going crazy. Oh. <laughs> 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 It'll definitely get picked up. <laughs> the dog, right, so the dog no bar- respect for the audience <laughs> yeah, at home. The dog barks <laughs> when I lie. For the audience who can't see. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm kicking the dog. I <laughs> I'll take this one, guy. We've had a complicated journey with them just like that. We started off, we thought it was no good. We hated it. We hated mm-hmm. every aspect and moment yeah. of it. I don't like but that over you're the, speaking shut up, for me. Over the course of the second season, much like a roller coaster, there's been twists and turns, been turned upside down, and at the end of it, um, our perspective has been shifted, much like when you get off a roller no, coaster. No. We, no, no. And now we've actually, I would say, towards the sort of back nine, there are only 10 episodes. 11. But on a golf course oh, sure, where the there's other. 18 holes, 
back nine, the sort of second half of okay, this season. Yeah, sh- oh, sorry, apologies. We've, we've sorry, I didn't get your sports metaphor. We've really grown to love it. Uh-huh. I and I, now we're actually legitimately and unironically kind of on board with the show. I I because right, I saw you get up off your chair quite a few times. That did happen, but I had to get you uh, your coke from the freezer before it exploded. <laughs> I had to get a couple of beers. I, I, I still take issue with the broad uh, sorry, strokes not, that you've we're used. We're not Tim. talking to you just no, yet. I'm talking because you just spoke as though we shared an identical journey through the season, which is completely this untrue. This is the angriest I've ever seen you. because well, you, you, I, I actually was, think he's in a bit of a mood today. <laughs> now I mean this. I mean this with full gentleness. Yes. <laughs> But I can sense you're going through something. With full gentleness <laughs> is I, a funny way to start something. I, I am, knew it, you carry the light. I am, but the light is dim today. Honestly excited to be on an episode. And it feels like it's been a long time where it's it, the world against Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started this season. I came out like a rocker. I was so happy to be reunited. Genuinely Stoked, and you yeah. were dragging your heels. You didn't like it. And oh I, yeah, forgive me. It's a bad show. I kept well. This you just described it like we shared an emotional journey, and then through the season you came around. I dimmed on the tenth episode, the one just before sure, this. Penultimate. I, I struggled, and then I will mm. say that I think what's happened a little bit is it's been like ten days. I think between that episode and this. Tim went on a, a trip to the United Kingdom. Mm. He's come back, and there's something about the momentum of my relationship with this show. And Did the you know f- I went to the UK? Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. Not mine though, eh? Other people's. Other people's. I yeah, I saw your face it, yeah. on it though. It's crazy. Sorry, trip. I meant to ask about that. How was it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, good. The flying was crazy because I was going. I was over there with Remy, so you just economy. Yeah, economy. <laughs> I did upgrade to premium economy for one of the flights by yourself uh, with Remy. So me and Remy. Oh, where does Remy So Zoe sit? stayed in economy. Uh, Zoe did not come. Zoe, oh, Zoe stayed didn't in even come. Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, so you took the child by yourself. That's right. That's correct. And oh. Tim did it to save money because kids under two fly free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I spent $5,000 to save money on flights. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what they say? To go to the Alice? UK for what, five days, I think. How many, like, for five days to the UK? Yeah. How like many hours six, in the sky? It's like 60 hours of travel. That's mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The math doesn't seem great when you sort of lay it people, out like that. Uh, people would complain about doing that just by themselves. People are so soft. You went for five days? Yeah. I think it was five. It was five or six. Six tops. I think that should be illegal. I, I do too you, now. I think if you enter the UK, you have to wait seven days before you can leave again. Stand down period. I'm yeah. actually with you. I don't think they should let you fly on the plane with a, a kid that old. Anymore. I think it's too attractive for people like me. It's like, hey, you can do this and they no. essentially fly for free. It's like, don't even give me the option. Just don't, don't put it on the table it, for what, me. Where does personal responsibility into this I don't even understand how it saved you money. Because they, they because the baby just had sits on your lap. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I went to the UK with Remy after, he, when he's two, full adult fare for him. But up until then, you just it's 90% off. Yeah, but like, just because it's free doesn't mean it's not a horrible thing to do. Well, that's the truth. I, I mean, he's not going to remember that. Like, no, this he's not. trip's of no benefit to him. We got some cool I, photos. No, he won't care. He just won't care. <laughs> and so he could have stayed and not gone on a plane 
And that that probably for him would have just been far more enjoyable. Got to spend money to make know. money. He had, a, he had a pretty good time. But the jet lag thing is hard when you're that young. Uh, it's hard for us all. But I feel like he had a pretty good time. When he saw some um, dinosaur bones at the Natural Science That's Museum. That's so cute. I wasn't part of that trip. Isn't it crazy all of these memories you're making and he'll just, he just, they won't be for him. He's an accessory. When's your guy's first memory? Hmm. I actually know this very strongly. It was at an airport. I was four years old. I feel mm. like I've talked about this before. Probably not on the but But there was a girl... Cr- my brother was going to Japan on exchange and there was a little girl crying. Get on that mic a little at, bit more. Oh, sorry. There was, a li- there was a little girl story. crying and um, I was eating... I was, I'd fin- I'd got McDonald's and I had finished my drink and there was just ice at the bottom of the cup. So I was eating ice out of the cup and I thought, oh, I'll go cheer this girl up. And just a stranger <laughs> to me, I tickled her under the... <laughs> This is your first memory getting cuffed. <laughs> I had icy hair. Oh my and god! And she cried so much harder. And the mum yanked her away from me, and my whole family laughed at me. And my brother <laughs> said he didn't know who I was. <laughs> That's my first memory. Does that feel like that might have been a bit formative? That experience. Yeah. Well, I guess I learned a good lesson not to tickle a stranger under the arm with icy cold fingers. It's true. It's an important <laughs> lesson. Four years old. Heart was in the right place. Heart was in the right place. Yeah. That's I, what's devastating about it. Real empathy on display, mm. and you got chastised for it. That's, but do. it's twice as old as Remy has been on this trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What's your first memory? I remember my granddad throwing up sycamore seeds and they would twill to the ground like little helicopters. Mm. St. James Park, Christchurch, circa 93? So you were six. how old? Six. Something like that. Yeah. Six. Five? Three times older than Remy. Yeah. I remember... It's funny because this... You know, you tell yourself it's this over and I'll over let you know to if the it's point funny. that it's not funny. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, thank you. At one point while we watched this episode, I made a joke to Tim, and then there was a break, and then I was laughing at something else, and Tim said it's not that funny. I really enjoyed that. Like, I've, been think, I've, been, I've been thinking a lot about honesty lately, and I've been start trialing radical I'm honesty. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I'm not quite on board with it yet, but I'm going to see how it goes. What Wait, you, sorry, when's your first mem- memory? Uh, can we finish the radical <laughs> real thing first? Oh, yeah. oh, you want to ask follow-up questions about that? Yeah. Where's this coming from? Oh, well, okay. It's, it's From a, the nature of comparison, obviously I'm spending a lot of time with my partner who's very honest. Yeah. And um, and Too honest? Does it hurt your feelings? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Do you say that? Yeah, I do. And what does she say? But it's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says. Hard to argue with that. Yeah, kind of. Wow. <laughs> no, sometimes she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry that that hurt your feelings." Oh, you I know, don't she'll like that. she'll say she'll say sorry and stuff. Oh, okay. That's also, it, this think, is an important distinction. Yeah. Does she say sorry if that hurt your feelings, or sorry that hurt your feelings? Sorry that hurt your feelings. That one's that one's good. Is that one she's better? Still not you, absolving anyone, herself of responsibility for the thing. No, but I think that she, her point of view, I think, is very much like, um, I'm just making an observation. Just asking questions. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording this on um, an yeah. auspicious day. Yeah, I them. do find it very funny, though. That's the thing. 
I'm like, wow, like the ability just to like speak your mind is both terrifying and awesome to be around. So yeah. I'm curious. Is this to see- tied to before we started recording, you said I love to be made fun of <laughs> until I don't. Do you think is, is there a connection between these things? I'm trying to think of when the last time is. She hasn't hurt my feelings in a while, to be fair to her. Wow, sounds toxic. <laughs> <laughs> My first memory was probably four or five years old. It's uh, I'm at preschool in Christchurch, and we're having a running race, and we're running around a tree that's at the end of a lawn. But at the bottom of the tree, there are cobbles. You know, like some trees have concrete, I don't know why, concrete over mm. the bit that leads up to it. And I'm winning the race. I remember that. And I fall down, and I uh, graze my knee pretty badly. And I remember crying and crying and um, Sam Idle and Dunn run the, won the race. Oh, God. And I actually remembered this story a while ago and I looked him up. And it looks like he drives trucks now. I think in Queensland. He got out of the walking business, running business. Wow. He's yeah. letting the machine do his Isn't travel. it funny how at school you have to run? Yeah. Like that's one like I was I was on the drive here I saw a bunch of high school kids doing a run. Yeah. And like you know you see the ones up the front who are clearly like loving it and then like as you get further yeah, and yeah. further down the back. Yeah. You hit the like They shouldn't make everyone do that. I think I kind of think they should. I, I like think it. It's I quite like funny. I like that they <laughs> you do. think it's funny. That's a good reason to make kids do <laughs> kind stuff. Kind of, Pretty yeah. Funny. I think kids should do things they hate and don't want to do. I totally agree. And <laughs> I think they should do it on a regular basis. <laughs> and I genuinely believe that. I'm a huge advocate for doing things you don't want to do. Yeah, I, um, I get that. I I totally agree with you. Yeah, it said as the two people who do not have. I suppose you do actually. Yeah, yeah. You have a kid, you can make do things they don't want to. I've do. got a quarter share. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I regret that joke. <laughs> I love Oliver though; she's my own. <laughs> but if you broke it down statistically, <laughs> oh god! So the episode. What I was trying to say before oh, yeah. I was rudely interrupted is the break between which time those episodes has made this episode. A lot harder. I was really enjoying the whole season. Oh, I don't wow. know if it was you lost momentum. With a va- I lost the momentum of being swept up inside of the the hype. You were train. carried away. I was carried away, and then this time I even said, as we were at the dinner party, Carrie's hosting a big last supper mm. at her old apartment. All of the characters from the previous two seasons of the show are coming as guests. And as more and more arrived, I was getting angrier and angrier. I thought mm. I would hate to be at this. Like everywhere you'd turn, you'd be talking to someone. You'd be like, oh. Yeah. There's no there was no safe space. None of these characters represent a safe space oh. at a party where you can be like I can talk to you about what's happening here. If you were going to be seated at that dinner table, who would you want to be seated in between? Well, this might answer this question, but uh-huh. ironically, I think the person you're thinking of is Shay. I would like to sit next to Shay. No, that like if you are just in this chaos of Carrie's apartment final dinner thing and everyone's bloody guessing about yeah, memories yeah. of the apartment and all this fucking History and stuff, history and histrionics. Yeah, makes this group. That's right. Shay is above the fray. They're there. They're kind of like they don't have all the baggage of the apartment and the kind of foregone years of Carrie. And they're also they. I think now more than at any other time, carry a healthy amount of cynicism and weed with them that you could pop out the back and smoke up with Shay and be like, "This is a fucking circus." I think. I don't think there's any environment in which I would ever pick to hang out with Shay. 
Who would okay? Who would you sit next to? I'd sit in between Giuseppe and Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Giuseppe I'd seems like a good hang. To, I'd love to get into the middle of all of their bottoming stuff and really like ham it out, and you know. You do. You ask good questions, and you are uh, Anthony would bite your head off. I don't think he'd be into it. But Giuseppe would. would be very yeah, into it. it. I think he'd do it in a somewhat playful way, though, which yeah, is kind of an so. act of affection of his. Is you know he talks down to people he loves. I imagine me at a dinner party finding out that his ex-husband has become a monk. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, I'm having the best night of my goddamn life, getting to talk to him about yeah. his ex-husband while sitting next to his new Italian boyfriend. Also, have you ever thought about doing a chat show? Nah. You're a good interviewer. You're, you, you have a genuine curiosity about people. I do love people at an, at an arm's length. <laughs> in a controlled environment. In a controlled as environment. Like a studio environment. If it's being recorded, it's yeah. What I've... What, <laughs> no, never Do mind. it. No, okay. So what I have recently had observed about me by several different people... Is, friends or um, professionals? Friends, <laughs> professionals, <laughs> um, partners. Okay. Is how um, I just decide when a conversation is over. <laughs> so somebody I worked with in a pre- professional capacity said that they could oh. tell that I was no longer interested in talking to them when I would say, well, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> and the way you say it is the most flat. <laughs> yeah. But Such a funny true. way to decelerate out of a conversation. It's true. And there's something about conversation for me where I'm like at a hundred, where I'm like deep in it. And then all of a sudden a, a switch flicks and yeah. I'm like, I no longer want to be talking to you in the slightest. So it's not even com- – because to me conversation would be a topic with a person. Mm-hmm. This is like a an eject button for – you, it's not like you want to explore new territory with the same person. You just got to get out. I've got to get out. Yeah, I've got. to I kind move of relate on. to. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if I um, perform the same action. Do you? Do you get that sense, guy? If you, I feel yeah. like you're a guy. You get. You get in there and fucking everything will be going great. Like all gears. Yeah. Uh, it's all whizzing. <laughs> whatever the internet changing metaphor is. Yeah. <laughs> not a car guy. Everything's firing on all cylinders, yeah. right? And then do you have a another moment? car metaphor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd better like <laughs> yeah, yeah. replace the one that didn't work with a, a working one, and then do you get, get under a the bit, hood? You this, could say this man loves golf and car metaphors. <laughs> You're in the quintessential there. Kiwi dude. The nos is flowing. <laughs> You're in sixth gear, top speed, and yeah. then it's like boom. This sucks. I want to be out of this. I I, I know the feeling. I can I can even. Right now, uh, physiologically remember it inside of mm. myself, the feeling being like, does no. it happen with me? But I think that everyone knows that feeling. It's just... No. Continue. I execute... My no is to Tim's question, by the That's way. That's really sweet. Everyone knows that feeling. I think what I've real, I act on it almost instantly. Like, you know how Kim Cattrall said, I don't even, I don't want to be even an hour in a situation I'm not enjoying about coming back. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> And That's so, a, well, yeah, like, I yeah. don't even want to be a minute in a situation. I've got so much respect like. for that. And, I but I remember, to even the people I love most, like even my girlfriend, I'll be like, we've been in a long distance relationship. So we'd be on the phone. We'd be full on having a deep conversation. And then I would just all of a sudden go, okay, well. Oh, yeah, I'm hard. excited that's about hard. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I can relate to that feeling. Yeah. God. You're not alone in that respect. But, to, but you I may mean, be alone in the swift action you take. I think that, that, so that is in its own way an act of radical yeah. honesty, albeit cloaked in a lie about excitement. But <laughs> uh, 
you know, the efficiency with which you're enacting an, like an impulse inside of you is an act of honesty to, to everyone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What if you got sat next to Harry and Charlotte? Like, um, you wouldn't be in between them because it wouldn't be how the seating arrangement would work. But say you've got Lisa Todd Wexley on one side and Charlotte on the other and She's then flanking her. their respective Lisa partners. Todd Wexley was having a rough party. Mm. She was having a really rough party. I, I honestly, th- and this is, again, not to toot my own horn, yes. I, you know how she, did, she didn't really tell anyone about the miscarriage Correct. at that um, dinner party. Yeah. Her and I would have been talking about that within a couple minutes. Oh, I, you, I like this. I like how much you back yourself. Well, you can just <laughs> open anyone up, can you? You just sit down next to I'm them. Just crack them open. You just I'm crack them open. I'm like a mallet. <laughs> Do you know how fucking dangerous you'd be at this party? You would, <laughs> you'd open up Lisa Todd Wexley and then she'd finally start talking about it. It and she'd yeah. be sort of five minutes just launching into the meat of what she wants to say and you'd be like okay well I'm excited <laughs> and just turn your turn your well, shoulder well I'm excited yeah <laughs> I honestly don't think that the, the challenge with this party and I don't want to call it a fizzer because it seemed like everyone there was engaging with it yeah. in good faith but is that there was a Michelin star chef so much everyone had so much life. going on in their personal life or the, because of the way that the story was told that outlined so clearly the experience everyone was having that uh, no one was there. There was no sense of true conviviality or community. Everyone mm. was having independent experience at a party, which is true of every party. But it just felt quite like everyone was siloed off into their couples. Like that's you know, this show. You reckon? That's how this universe works, man. I think it, everyone operates. At, I mean, within their relationships, some of them work as a team of two. But then they just orbit around other people who kind of vaguely annoy them and pop into their lives. Yeah, I will say I I genuinely did love uh, Charlotte explaining to Harry um, like traditional gender roles and not taking any shit when she was hungover. And Harry's like, I'm doing everything. And she's like, you are not doing everything. I got into that. That is awesome of you, man. What do you mean I'm you got into it? I want to dig into this. What do you mean you got into that? I is that enjoyed... the first time you've heard that women do more domestic labour than men? <laughs> Someone should buddy come over to my house and explain <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> I just en- I just enjoyed it in a way that a lot of the other episode I didn't a lot of other parts of the episode I didn't enjoy. Or I could only enjoy through the veil of irony. But this one I was like, go Charlotte. Because I, I also... You don't think she Because lost. we'd spent so long between it, I didn't realise that we were like, bang, it's the next day from her... And she had a great mm, blow-up in the episode before. Yeah. Because she was pissed up, but she was very articulate, probably inaccurately so. She was blackout drunk. No one is that coherent when they're like genuinely... I know, the only note I wrote in my phone during that is fell asleep with clothes on. I was like... How drunk do you have to be to fall asleep with clothes on in your own bedroom? And in your 50s, yeah. And where did, Harry, where did Harry sleep? Because the, it's not like the bed's yeah. big enough that you can get in without disturbing your comatose Why is partner. Why always that these people in these shows... I mean, I guess it's for filming and stuff, but they always sleep in double beds. Their beds like, are... Oh, yeah, it's so weird. So, so small. Observably Tiny. small on camera. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is weird. So it's what like is the technical reason? Did you say it's for filming? Well, I, I, I presume maybe the room or the set is small, but surely this is all... Shot on but you don't notice it with anything else. It's just like yeah. normal shit, and then there's this tiny bed. They've chosen it to represent their connection to the common man. Yeah, everyone sleeps in a king single. Ma- this yeah. isn't an American New Zealand thing, right? Like we're not in big beds here, right? No, 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 no. no, no. I don't think so. I think big beds and couples is um, something that traverses all cultures <laughs> all around the world. Right. Well. It's a fucking weird decision they've but, made for the show. So the, it's the morning after in this episode, and Harry says, "I got both the girls up without your help. 
I did this and that. Charlotte's not remotely impressed. She's like, Nah, she's not having it. And ha- I, th- I think I just like it because I like what it, I like. It displayed a, um, an honesty and a functionality in the relationship. Harry didn't dig in and get defensive and say you're not listening. He just yeah. sort of took it. And yeah, Charlotte kind of got to articulate her nice. point. I, and I was like, this is actually Charlotte has weirdly represented like a a, a tether to reality for me through this season. <laughs> And so I just think I that is weird. I think I think Charlotte's probably been on the biggest journey of growth in this season, and I kind of just enjoyed seeing it play out in a way which was, again, somewhat rooted in in reality. Yeah, it's like that's that seems like a pretty healthy relationship. I think they are in a great relationship. I think Harry's like I think the life's a bit boring. Yeah. So shoot me, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think they are in a healthy relationship. Can I ask you both a personal question? We still Always. haven't answered who would sit next to at the dinner table. I just, oh, sorry. I'm just put, no, no, no. I want the personal question. I'm just bookmarking it because okay. I do want to get to when it. When you unload the dishwasher yes. in your shared family home, yes. do you... Um, Wait, shared fa- like where like I live? Your, like, yeah, this where house. you live. Where you live. Do I do it yeah. loudly or quietly? No, no, no. <laughs> do you um, get thanked for it? And if you don't, if it doesn't get acknowledged, do you go... Did you see I unloaded the <laughs> No and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though I know she do I thrive off positive reinforcement. Of course. <laughs> you just need that little bit of validation. I just love it so much. I, and I, there's, I can almost never let an empty dishwasher go if it's not been acknowledged. Really? I That's just, tough. I know the, <laughs> I know the feeling. I... Um, I feel like I move between the laundry and the dishwasher. You know, like I feel yeah, like yeah. That's, I, that's, I think with time though as well. Like I think there was a time when I I definitely that was the case. But now you're. More I think settled. maybe after like two years of living with someone. Yeah. Do you know what's funny? Actually, I'm very early on. I say thank you. Oh wow! And she doesn't. I say thank you, and I hope I'm. I might be getting into hot water here. I say thank you because it's it's. I'd see it more as an act of generosity, where it's like. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> because <laughs> you think you I, are the default. I'm for- the person who does it. So I'm like, thank you for opening the dishwasher. Wow, interesting. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mm. That's such a power so good play. Hosting a chat show, man. You see? Well, a chat show that Gets my people. girlfriend would watch and be like, hey, fuck you. That's <laughs> not true. Leaving, They're yeah. the best chat shows, man. <laughs> They're the best interviews of people. Sorry, so who did you guys want to sit next you to? Should host a, you should host a um, chat show about domestic living and relationships. I would absolutely love that. There's nothing that is more fascinating and you to interrogate me than people, like... Because you were asking us about how we run our couple's finances before this. Like you, <laughs> yeah, should, you should legitimately ask one person and then bring out the other partner after their answers. <laughs> it's like, like antagonistic couples therapy. <laughs> to do that nothing brings me more joy than talking to people about their relationships mm. 
I just think they're fascinating. They are. How you run your I life. Think, is it, is it part be... of it because you are sort of in the depths of quite a serious, it's not a new relationship, but you're always, you're, you're traversing a lot of new territory. And so you're reflecting on how it feels for you and what's normal and what's unique. And you yeah, want some they're... form of reinforcement from friends who you love. Because, you know, you see people in relationships that you think look happy and you want to know, well, how are they doing that? Yeah, there is definitely a lot of that. But then it's also just something I've been fast. Like two things I've always been fascinated about is money and relationships. Mm. Like even as a kid, I wanted to know how would you make your money? Yeah. What do you spend it on? Oh, so you said money and, and relationships. And relationships. Not in. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But I do find that also specifically. Well, I mean, that feels really like it's right in the middle of that. <laughs> 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 well, I just, I think I am truly fascinated by how people make it work. Yeah. But, but in like a positive way. No, mm. no. That is interesting. I, do you think are you, so are you, much about Do you people. think you're magpieing that information? Do you think you're building a dossier of like, you know, relationship do's and don'ts? Or is it just like you just want them to say it out loud and then you just move on? And you go, okay. <laughs> that conversation's finished for me now. Um, it's more of that. <laughs> I knew it. There, there's definitely a, a read on me that is that um, people exist purely for my entertainment and not for anything else, and quite a selfish, uh, I well, yeah, main you're character. Regular way. Carrie Bradshaw. I'm a Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. yeah. Do you believe that about yourself? You phrase that in a way where it's, it sounds like it's been reflected at you. That I have main character energy. Mm. No, I've, that's never been said to me, but I could. I reckon I gun to my head, yes. I would answer people have said it about me. My question is, do you believe it about yourself? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think every, the, my read on it would be everyone has that, but the best people fight against it to mm -hmm. like think outside... I mean, I guess what, you can have two philosophical positions. One is we're all naturally altruistic, or the other is that we're our... We're Carrie Bradshaws, <laughs> running around, getting carried away. Our altruism, away. yeah, is like a... That's a that, was the, that was the core of one of the Friends episodes that said into my memory. Which one's that? No such thing as true altruism, because yeah. if ever you're being generous, you're doing it for the feeling it gives you. Yeah, I which do... Which is itself selfish. And Phoebe's like, Phoebe gives money to a homeless person or and she <laughs> brags about it. And, like, and how do you feel? It's yeah. like, God damn it! Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I do kind of believe that to a certain degree. But I think that in and of itself proves goodness, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think I would like to sit in between <laughs> Harry... So I've got Harry on one side and uh, honestly, I'm going to say Lisette, Ooh. who seems like a pretty punishing conversation, but yeah. like kind of is quite flighty and has no skin in the game. And so is this the jeweler? Yeah. It's like the least rooted in what's happening and it's kind of like, yeah. I want to hear what's going on in her life. Or maybe, I, I mean, I could sit between... <laughs> Harry and whoever the fuck Bobby Lee's playing. Yeah. So he's sort of... Bobby Lee's playing Bobby Lee. But he'd be, he would be an exhausting guy to sit next to. Yeah, but it'd be worth it. It'd be exhausting in a different way from the others. And I yeah, think a yeah. more fun way. As stand-ups, what do you guys um, think about um, the observation that this is how stand-ups talk to each other, which is... Um, Ripping Guilty each other as to charged. <laughs> Whenever I see Guy, I say, hey, fucko. You do often answer. I do kind of yeah. say that. So do you feel like the show is an accurate representation <laughs> of your life as stand-ups? Yeah. <laughs> through and through. I think if there's one thing we can say about season two of And Just Like That, it is the accurate portrayal to a, to a detail of um, the life of a stand-up. 
in the performance of a stand-up and the construction of a joke. Mm, I don't feel like you're answering my question, honestly. <laughs> and maybe that is what stand-ups do. I I think that the the show's relationship to stand-up comedy is... I, I don't... I want a thesaurus for the word antagonistic. Yeah, I feel like somebody on the writing staff has been hurt. Yes. <laughs> by a stand-up. Yes. Mm. And this is their, like, love-hate letter. Yeah. To stand-up. Shay, in this episode, Miranda comes into the apartment and Shay is doing shots with one of the servers who's working for that absolutely insane chef. Who's yeah. we've, seen, we've seen this guy before. This fellow was an episode, I want to say, eight. Served Naya a drink at the bar. Didn't yeah. serve, wasn't working. Just hits on Naya at the bar. Oh. She's taken herself out. She's oh, trying true. to enjoy her life as a single person or someone who's separated from Andre Richard. Nice <laughs> memory. Cannot be called Andre. Who's already got somebody else pregnant. That yeah. woman who wears the wide-brimmed hat. That yeah. would make you sad. That Taylor Swift you. wannabe oh, who we gosh. see in the background of a FaceTime in his hotel room. It's such Nothing's an insane storyline. They were like married for 20 years. Yeah. And he goes on to Nothing's happening. We're just work- Nothing's happened yet. <laughs> it's like, oh, nice, dude. <laughs> That'll be a chill conversation <laughs> on the phone. It's so crazy. <laughs> but I... Uh, so this man. Shay, Shay is standing, doing shots with one of the servers, mm. and Miranda comes in. Insane behavior from Miranda, like body away from Shay, taps them on the shoulder. Shay turns around, and then they have a conversation where they say, "Hey, let's not ruin this for Kay. We'll try and have a good night." And Shay says, "I'll never do those jokes again." And Miranda says, "What was that about? The jokes?" Oh, she, and Shay says, "The jokes were funny." And then Miranda's like, "The jokes weren't funny." And Shay's like, "Agree to disagree." <laughs> And I felt compelled to say for the room, so in case there was any anyone on Shay's team, I said the jokes weren't funny, <laughs> and none of Shay's jokes have been. Fu- the closest Shay came to making a funny joke was on the hoof, the ad lib line that they gave Carrie at WidowCon. Oh, actually showed the the machinations of joke construction. Oh, interesting. Okay, what I can't remember what the I joke can't remember was the joke, either. but I remember seeing Shay <clears throat> under duress, having to create something, having to write a joke in the moment, mm. and being like, "That is a joke. It's not the funniest joke, but it functions as a joke." Sure. And we've seen you, we've seen seen you come up with that. I mean, but how you know how do you? Come I thought up the with funniest joke? Shay has ever been when they roast Carrie for saying more than one word. Yes. Really. I thought that was maybe the best line Shay's had the entire two series. That's so damning. Yeah. I did also feel, obviously Shay is a huge part of the series, and I think it's been a great the conversation around them has been a great engine for PR, and it's mm-hmm. part of what you know we have fixated we as a podcast, and also we the broader audience of everyone have fixated on over the two seasons. But still, when they did the fuck montage at the end of this episode, and everyone <laughs> got to fuck. Mm-hmm. Just to remind us that everyone fucks. When Shay was, was, what that was in their was. apartment and Toby showed up, I, I sort of was like, it's, I guess, to an extent with Naya as well. And see, all of the new characters, I was sort of like, I, I don't know. I was like, really? You know? Everyone, what, you don't care? Or I don't care. why or does everyone get to fuck? Everyone has to fuck. It felt everyone like has to everyone fuck. must I think, fuck. I don't I, yeah. I don't care, but I was sort of like, I don't know, if, I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know if it was earned or if it's like. So there are sometimes when a character intru- in the show is when, when a character is introduced by proxy to their relationship to core cast, and then that relationship sure. deteriorates, and then 
all of a sudden, like without any connection to the main action, we're in their world and we're doing scenes with them. I'm like, we don't still need to be here. Hey, yeah. Miranda didn't get to fuck. Miranda no, flirted Miranda, up a storm with that. Or oh, that's right. She did kind of either fuck. flirted or networks a, a, an with an oral, fu- a verbal fucking. Yeah. I want to say Juliet is um, the woman's name yeah, at the BBC. Dotty, someone in real life, is the actor. Is I think right? she's not. She's mm-hmm. not with the BBC. She's from the UN, wasn't she? And yeah, was she the same person from I the think UN? So, yeah, oh, yeah. Was yeah, really? Was her, yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, so you you had a fu- you had a funny. Some of the f- the most challenging parts of the show are when it sort it exists in this insane sort of impossibly affluent vacuum and then occasionally they they have like a a connecting point to something real that's happening in the world like earlier in the season everything was you know all roses and crazy and just impossibly unrelatable problems and then an episode was like and by the way racism exists in new york (laughs) and you'd be like oh what the fuck (laughs) And, and then in this episode you were saying it's so funny to use a refugee crisis as a character win yeah absolutely that's what it was so miranda I feel like everyone's watching the show with us. If you've if you've come this far and you haven't watched the show, I salute you. And here's what happened. Um, Miranda, her boss, is juggling life as a new mum, as a little baby, and work. And she got called upon to comment for the BBC about an unfolding refugee crisis, but she was too busy with the baby. So Miranda had to step in immediately as the dinner was wrapping up. So she mm. whisked herself over to the BBC studios in New York City got in front of the camera and all of the presentation of this moment, how it's packaged, the music, how she talks about it, it's all very exciting. <laughs> this big moment of excitement um, to celebrate the fact that Miranda gets to talk about this massive human <laughs> tragedy and loss of life on the tally is, on the BBC. On the you, BBC. You, and it was just <laughs> so this show. It, it, there, is, there is nothing more this show to me than that moment of going, a, a, a humanitarian crisis has unfolded. What a brilliant job opportunity for Miranda! Well, yeah, what a great, what, what a great way to, what a great way to represent identity, growth, and self confidence for one of our characters. It's the most toxic form of feminism I think that exists today. I can think of some others. <laughs> True. You, you said it's misogynistic not to not to watch Sex in the City. Yeah, and here's and I stand by that, and I will. Um, uh, here's why because because um okay so if you are just watching and just like that or you are just watching and the movies and the or the movies <laughs> then I understand that this is what television what you think television is for women <laughs> <laughs> and my concern is yes. that you're gonna go away and kind of disseminate I mean you are actually on a hu- you're using your huge platform. To um, disseminate that this is what TV is for women. And then not only that, you mock us. Oh, you (laughs) mock it. You you use it to make money off of. You are the scum eating at the algae or whatever, you know. But I'm just, I just urge you to please balance this out by going to watch. Are you aware that we're watching the Fast and Furious franchise at the moment? This is you a want break to talk so from there. So that's your other range of You uh, want to talk about allyship. There are women in all of those movies. If you're, if, you're, if you're talking about gendered cultural products for our consumption, I can't think of a more male thing than Fast and Furious. 
You're I'll making a on. salient point, but there is a wider scope of what we're... The important okay, work we're right. doing right. on this Watching podcast... Watching Fast and the Furious uh, through a roundabout way is actually allyship to women's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say the, the, the sex and the... It's just... It's hard. I know that it's not canon for you, um, gentlemen, but it's hard to dissociate this series mm. from what it was because it's you go... Because you have nothing to lose. You've come into this with nothing to lose. Sure. If you've watched the first <laughs> I thought you'd respect six that. series. No. If you've watched the first six series, then your heart is on the line. Sure. Because you've invested everything in these guys. Only to see them kind of like shat out the other end. During very know? formative years. During for, for people of our age. formative You know, years. like this, this was very important. And I think in oh, a God, different... We haven't even spoken about Samantha's call on Well, the can phone. we please? Can we You please? saw it twice. <laughs> I think... It's fucking crazy. <laughs> with, 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 well, rounding to Samantha, but with all of that in mind, because before we watched it, you said that you you've got a, you have very intense feelings about this show. Yeah. You watched the first season twice. The yeah. second time is a research project. Yeah. You have now watched the finale of this yeah. season twice. Yeah. You clearly feel very passionately about the value and the importance of sex in the city as yeah. a well, as a sort of yeah. a cultural and potentially feminist sure. product. Mm, yeah. You you described the characters at this point as be, having been shat out. <laughs> What is your connection to Anne just like that? Why did you watch the first season a second time? What was it like watching that finale and seeing Samantha come back on the phone? I think it's... <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity. All sincere questions. <laughs> okay, first of all, I think it's like Stockholm Syndrome in that you get comfortable with something and therefore seeing it all the time is comforting. So that, that that's why I watch it. The second time for research of the first series was to understand, okay, how did it go so wrong? <laughs> and how is it so bad? Like oftentimes in that first series, it doesn't even resemble a TV show. It's like a series of short films played one after the other yes. that, um, that are bad and should never have been funded. And it, it's, Okay, so I listened to an interview with my, Michael Patrick King, the guy, obviously, you know, yeah, yeah. who we have to blame and thank for all of this. And he genuinely thinks he's doing a good job. Mm. And that, to me, is fascinating because it's, you know, not to make it all about myself, but I will at times think I am doing a good job only to discover I have made one of the worst television shows of all time. And so it's a research project to go, how can I... How can I possibly avoid this in my future? How can I not be so delusional? I mean, okay. I reckon go the other way with it. I think we all need to be more like Mattress Parklet King and just <laughs> make as much stuff as we can with full confidence and let the chips lay where they may. We are all riddled with self-doubt and, and barriers that we've self-imposed constantly. We should do everything in our power to be more like this crazy crazy man who keeps making this show in spite of every piece of evidence suggesting he should I stop don't, i don't think he is doing a bad job i think this show is so but you've not seen the original you can't say that i can you if anything i i am a neutral observer if anything not, you can't assess <laughs> you can't see the forest for the trees no, I, can. I think this is both one of the most watchable and talkable shows on television in recent memory i think that is why we will all die due to climate change. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that fully. We have no shared sense of um, 
expectations for <laughs> for what what we want out of the planet and out of our lives that we donate our time to watching something that is so bad and then we don't even critique it we just have the fucking gall to say it's good television i wasn't donating my time okay <laughs> <laughs> i was receiving a donation of fantastic tv so, I th- honestly think it represents the demise of society and culture. Truly. Truly. I genuinely believe that. And I can't wait for the third season. <laughs> yeah. So, with all of this in mind, there has yeah. been a third season that's very exciting. How no, do you feel... Oh, 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 oh. We haven't talked about the Samantha phone yeah. call and it's very important that we cover yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Are you want my thoughts on the Samantha phone I call? Was happy- Let's first I- just explain for the couple of people maybe who haven't seen the series but are listening along what happens. It's right at the start of the episode. Long teased... Everyone says there's a a Samantha Jones cameo. Yeah. Carrie's in her apartment getting ready. It's the day of the party. She's got her little kitten that she's adopted. She was coerced into adopting or whatever, which is going to cause all sorts of problems for Lisa Todd Wexley that night. She's adopted that cat in real life now. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. Oh, can you adopt actors? (laughs) I lost track of the time and we need to wrap up quite quickly. Sorry. Oh, shit. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> like life is knocking on the door. Oh, I see. Five minutes. Okay. Well, uh, Samantha. So Carrie's in her apartment by herself. Her phone's ringing. She picks it up. The call is from Samantha. She slides it open. <laughs> Samantha Jones is in a cab in London, and she's saying Carrie wasn't expecting the call at all. There's no suggestion they've been in correspondence throughout the season. None whatsoever. And Samantha says, "I missed my flight, or that my pl- flight was laid out at Heathrow. I, I'm going to be late for dinner." And Carrie's saying, "What? You were coming to dinner?" And she goes. I used to I got memories in that apartment or whatever. And it's very like it's a very isolated cameo. They wouldn't have had to do the lines together. No. She's still in London. She's one, in a car. It one was set probably up. an hour's shoot, I reckon. Yeah. What do we think she got paid for? Uh, I think she got a million dollars. No, are you serious? Yeah, did she get more than that? No, that's crazy. Oh, no, I think I think she got a million dollars for that or wow. something like that. Holy she had stipulations shit. about it. Like, imagine a huge paycheck. Also, Pat Field had to do her costumes, who's not doing any costume on Sex in the City, but was the original Sex in the City costumer, and that she would not be on set with Michael Patrick King or Sarah Jessica Parker. Wow. So this is why I think that phone call is so funny to me because we knowing all of that information, that information is so widely talked about that they, they, you then have to invest in these two characters talking about how they can't be there for each other whilst knowing that the, that they hate each other. Yeah. They legitimately hate each other. Well, does SJP hate Kim Cattrall or is it just Well, that- publicly she holds the line that she's upset and she never felt that way about her, where, where, where. But... Privately, you gotta hate this woman. Yeah. If, if Sarah Jessica Parker, I mean, I'm Team Kim. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But see, SJP has to hate her. <laughs> but I think SJP has to hate her, right? Because she's dragged her. Like even when she gave her condolences for her brother dying. Yeah. He, like, I remember that. Yeah. She she was like, "Don't talk to me and my family" or something. I was like. Ah, imagine that happening to you in public. Yeah, fuck. Because that was on Twitter, I think, that yeah, it happened. That it was, was on, crazy. I think it was on Instagram. There was the like comments or whatever. Yeah. But like, imagine like the humiliation yeah. of that is so real in a way that I I actually think that is more exciting than the show itself. The sh- this, this show is just, it's just such a fascinating cultural experience to me. It's uh, There's nothing else that has a hold on me that has me enthralled in this way. I've so thoroughly enjoyed doing this season and 
I uh, want to know, because we haven't even covered Aiden and the demise of her and Ka- of Carrie and Aiden's relationship at the end of this, or like, you know, the, the 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 way that it ends, and I'm aware that you've got a heart out now, Tim. Sorry. So I want to know, what, what do I've we want to... I've got a kid, what can I say? What do we yeah. want to see from a season three, and when season three launches, and it shows up on whatever your streaming platform is, and whatever country Aiden you're in... I want Aiden to die. Okay. I what? actually don't disagree with that. Okay. You I think the only way for Carrie to, to move on from partners is killing them off? Yes. I mean, what the fuck? Was, I mean, I know you have a hard out, Tim, but yeah. what the fuck was that storyline? He can't. He what can't, with with Aiden? With Aiden, yeah. He's like, you can't visit me because that will distract me from parenting my teenage son. Yeah, yeah. That's it's nuts. like, and what's he, he doing with this kid? I he cited that two of them. It was like, one's 14. It's like, yeah, sweet. And yeah. then he's like, yeah, the others are 17 and 20. He's so they like, need me too. I'm like, no, like, they he, don't. He also says like, they're only 17 yeah. and 20 or something. It's mad. Madness, absolute madness. I ran out of my house as soon as I turned 18 and school finished. I was like, see you. Yeah, and also such typical Carrie behaviour that Miranda's going, um, running out to be on the BBC and Carrie's like, we'll watch you. And then cut to Carrie and she's just fucking Aiden. (laughs) 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 No TVs to be seen. (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. And what's the the feeling you'll have when uh, the episode shows up on your streaming platform and you think, I'm reunited with this? Yeah, ecstasy. There you go. Yeah, you are willfully and delightedly partaking in the demise of society. Well, this but is no. It's just I know that some things are bad for me, but you know. Is there I any? Is there any? Is there anything else? Is there anything else that you watch or listen? This is to crack or consume. Yeah. Is there anything else in your life that fills a similar role as this? Crack. Um, that's a great question. No. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> Feeling very excited for season three. Can, that just, I'm so sorry to take the sharp edge off your yeah. crisp ending, but I feel like what you've done is a fantastic mirroring of what happens at the end of the final episode, whereby Carrie insists that everyone says one word, yeah. the thing they want to let go of. Mm. And so your version of that is, what is the one word to describe the feeling when season three pops up? Ecstasy? Yeah. Obligation? Reunion. Oh my god, I have never disliked you more. <laughs> and just like that, it's the worst idea of all time. And just like that, they're at it again and having such a gay old time. And just like that, they're back. Got Montgomery and Timothy back. And just like that, it's the worst idea of all time. 